It's uh, it's Jesse Parker here on bourbonblog.com. He is the master blender for Doc Swinson's Whiskey, joining us from Bellingham, Washington. How are you, Jesse? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on uh, on today. Um, other than a little bit of seasonal allergies, uh, I'm doing doing wonderful and excited to release a whole new line of our exploratory cast coming out here soon that we're actually bottling today. You're so actually bottling good. it today. We Amazing. are. It'll take a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we we've been hearing great things about all these casks that Ducks uh, Swenson's whiskey is uh, doing, and this is the website you go to later when you want to check it out. But um, I'm, I've gone ahead and poured some of the triple cask finish. And again, this is PX Sherry Oloroso Sherry. You got two different cherries on this one. You betcha. But as I, as I taste this, tell me just, you know, for those of us that don't know about Doc Swinson's whiskey, tell us, you know, who is uh, Doc Swinson's? Who is the Doc? Um, the doc? So that's always a really humorous question because uh, we didn't really initially set out to build this brand specifically because we knew what we wanted to do. We actually were just playing around with barrels years ago um, and we needed a brand name that worked out. And Doc Swinson's is, is, is kind of an ode. It's a it's like a, a, a secret name of a, one of the founders of Seattle. Um, we oh, don't really cool. lean into that as far as one of the big stories here. Um, we really think Doc Swinson's represents uh, who we are as a collection of people, um, kind of chaotic experimenters from the Northwest. Uh, and that's why we kind of stuck with it. It, it, it. To be fair, it's kind of in line with the original Doc Swinson's, um, but we don't lean heavily into that story. So really, it's just a culmination of our chaotic brains put together to create really good whiskey. You you love experimenting. You love trying different um, styles, different different expressions, uh, cask finishes. Uh, this one, I just had a sip of it. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, we're looking at usually with a lot of bourbons and ryes from what I've seen there, Jesse, uh, that are released, you know, in recent five, 10 years. If they're doing a sherry, it will either be PX or it'll be Oloroso. But you all have done both on this. Yeah, I mean, we, we, and cognac. absolutely. Yeah. So we, this is our triple cast, alter ego, triple mm. cast, um, part of our core line here. And um all three of those are really great compliments. We're not the first person to do it, that's for sure. Um, we just took our own spin on it, so it is still different than anybody else that has done a triple cask similarly with Pedro Jimenez, Oloroso, and Cognac. Um, they all just really blend beautifully together, lending different notes on, you know, whether it's at the beginning, middle, or end um, to help really um, elevate the whiskey that was that was originally used in in the, in the process. Right. Um, so it's really it's a really fun blend of different, different flavors, especially because you have the spectrum, right? You've got the Oloroso, which is going to be more like... Uh, you know, dry leather, uh, nuts, um, things like that. Uh, and then you've got your, your your Pedro Jimenez, which is more desserty, right? It's going to be more jammy. It's going to be thick. And then, of course, the cognac just really just kind of helps weld all of those together, meld them together um, quite right. beautifully. Um, so it's just an, already a good complement to bourbon. Um, it really accentuates it the, the apricots and the, 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 the corn flavors that come through on the, the, the initial whiskey. Yeah, so it so again, this is alter ego. There is, uh, do you do you break down how what the percentage on each cask is, or is it more proprietary? Or um, I, you know, I kind of have in the past. Um, it's not tip, it's not exactly proprietary. Um, if you if you do some digging on our website, you can find some of it. But in general, um, they're the Pedro Jimenez and the Cognac are fairly similarly matched. Uh, okay. The Oloroso is a little bit less. Um, but to, to be fair, we don't, we don't exactly dump it based upon exactly the amount of gallon of each one. Uh, for example, 
uh, when I when I'm finishing all of these, I go through and I taste every single barrel before I make a batch. And I'll do this over the course of usually a couple of weeks. I'll go back through and taste every single barrel that I think is is becoming mature right. for this, and then I blend those different barrels together in in a relative proportion um, to a recipe, and then we can make little adjustments from there. The goal is to make a really good tasting product, not just check off the box what went into it. Um, so that's really important for us, um, which is which is why we put batch numbers on them. They do change a little bit. For example, our most recent release of Alter Ego um, Triple Cask has a ranging from, you know, uh, four months to all the way up to uh, just just about a year, actually just over a year now uh, for finishing oh, times finish. on it. Yeah, so it's not like we don't just say, okay, it's been forty five days, let's throw it in a and batch. It's done. You, no, you check on it. Yeah. No, we it's it's a bit more of an exhausting process than I've seen most people do in the industry, <laughs> but that's also what makes this really unique and special. We think. Um, and you can it really tell. Good. Yeah, great, great flavors. A lot of good sugar that goes through that, but it's a good balance of the delicate, mm -hmm. really elegant sugars. Like from the cognac, I get that sherry note, uh, somewhat honeyed. Um, goes into some fruit elements, but the finish is real clean, uh, nice warmth. I mean, this is uh, 90, what is it, 95.8? I mean, it, yep. it has some good proof, but it's not overly warm. Yep. And it's also like uh, we didn't just pick you know arbitrarily 95 point either we actually uh, when we go to pick proofs we take huge samples and we bust them up into um, dozens of different proof points and then slowly narrow it down over the course of a few weeks to decide that you know th this is generally where we think these flavors are are hitting the you know the, the nail on the head for, for right. boldness as well as balance and complexity um so we, we really thought 95 point it was just really nice and it's more approachable Very too good. which is great this being... is uh what do you like best about it what do you taste on it um <laughs> i think the fun thing about this one is it this is one that literally keeps me coming back for more like i want to chew on it over and over and over again yeah um and it's it's also in combination with one that i can drink fairly consistently like i don't feel like even though it is a special bottle i feel like i i could pick it up you know every afternoon and enjoy a little bit of it um right. you don't you don't have to sit on it for you know, seven months or anything like that extremely <laughs> so, versatile yeah. yeah exactly and it also makes it i will say it does make a really killer um old-fashioned too mm. um because it already has some of those flavor profiles you get in a, in a traditional fashion i see that uh, the sugars, the fruit yeah it's just very very good doesn't exactly you know the other thing i love about it is mm -hmm. is it doesn't exactly remind me of anything on the finishes i've had um you know with other whiskeys there's some great px out there there's some great yeah. cognac out there but this really is um very different. I like it. Well, I'm glad you said so because one of the big things here at Docs is we still want to focus on the you know the whiskey aspect of it. Sure. Um, like you said, you've had some really great PXs out there, or so you name it. So have I. And there's some really beautiful ones out there, and right. most of those I always think for the tend to focus more on the finishing cask, um, right. which is which is great, um, and they're more identifiable as like oh this is definitely a P you know a PX this is definitely an Oloroso, a cognac, etc. And we didn't we didn't we wanted to go a little bit against the grain in that direction right. and say. You know what really matters to us is the straight bourbon whiskey that goes into it. But we can use these other casks to finesse certain flavor profiles as it's finishing. Um, so if we want to, you know, accentuate a little bit more, or, you know, fruitiness or a little bit more spiciness or a little bit more, um, you know, minerality or something like that, we use those casks to actually influence the bourbon. That's our goal. So it's like using salt and pepper appropriately on a steak or fish or something like that, right? Or vegetables. It's to elevate those flavors that we're looking for, not to, uh, you know, be over seasoned or you don't want to overtake it. Correct. Exactly. And right. that's that's just our take on it. Nothing. Once again, sure. it's just oh, it's what you beautiful. Want to do. It's a really beautiful balance. Uh, again, that is the alter ego, and we have next we have a, a straight bourbon whiskey. At, is it five years old? 
Yeah, yes, correct. Um, and they, they've been usually they're between five and six year. Um, of course, the youngest age statement is <laughs> right. five. Um, and it's a blend of two different mash bills, um, both uh, the MGP classic 36% and the 21% high rye mash bourbon mash bills. Um, and this is actually, Tom, this is the base to our alter ego triple cask. Um, so the one we just tried, this okay. is actually the exact whiskey that goes into the finishing casks before being blended. So this you is could the see, one that's in there. Yep, correct. So and that Ooh, was that was that. the whole intention. We released it about okay. a year later, and it was yeah. to showcase how what we start with, you know, because there's there's some there's some you know people sometimes say that oh the only reason why you'd ever finish whiskey is because you had bad whiskey in the first place. Well, we wanted to dispel that rumor because that's right. that's not true. That's definitely not true for us. In fact, I don't find that very often in most of the industry, to be honest. Um, so, so maybe dig a little bit further into that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of going back and forth. I thought I would pour a little of each now. I have some of the bourbon, uh, uh -huh. some of the alter ego, uh, just going back and forth. This is a really good bourbon on its own. And again, you, you're, you, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you get your whiskeys from the Midwest yep. um, and you bring them to, uh, to Washington many times to, to really put some of your own magic into the characteristic with the barrels with the finishes uh talk about that a little bit and where you're positioned how does how does that the climate there how does it all play into um the factor yeah certainly and it, you know it really does make a difference i mean we did start the company because we're all based here we, we do love it here in the northwest right um we're all northwest folks for the most part here um i was born and raised on the islands for example in future sound um so a lot of those tastes all come through in this process and you can kind of tell that they're they're there as well which which is interesting because our climate is very similar to to parts of maritime northern France. It's very similar to uh, Scotland. It's similar to Ireland. So we have a lot of those kind of influences um, here as well, especially on our aging, being the fact that we're right next to the sea. Um, I mean, it's about an eight minute drive <laughs> west of me here, um, and and it's it's a lot cooler. It's a lot more humid um, throughout the year, more consistent. Uh, temperature wise throughout the year. So we, we, we really believe that doing our secondary aging. So after the whiskey has been sitting in the Midwest for, for four to five years, right. um, we bring it here. It continues aging in our rick houses here in the barrels. Um, and then we pull them when we believe they're, they're best suited to be used in finishing or blending, et cetera. Um, we believe that really subtle climate actually uh, beautifully influences the whiskey to become creamier and more subtle. Um, you know, it takes a lot more time, for example, like in Scotland, you know, it's going to take right. you years to get some, some nice barrel influence, um, uh, out of those casts there in, in the North. So we're, we're a little bit more akin to that, which is why we, we lean on some of those traditions, um, from Ireland, Scotland and Northern France for, for Western France as well, um, for blending techniques. Incredible. And again, it's, it's that region that, that does in some ways, um, uh, reflect, areas of france scotland it's it's going to do something to the barrels it's going to give you a creamier flavor uh talk about that how does that how does that happen inside the barrel yeah so overall there's 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 uh, essentially because there's there's less breathing in and out of the barrel there's less movement in the barrel it does take longer for for usually the oak to cause more of an uh, an influence but also just slowly moves all those molecules around allowing them to bond with other molecules at a at a rate that's uh, more conducive to, or at least we believe more conducive to to uh, an overall creamier and and 
um, smoother, smoother product here. Sure, sure. Rather than swim, maybe being rather than forced to being being swimming inside in and out of that barrel, <laughs> it's really staying closer together. It's doing its magic there. Yeah, and it takes longer for it to move in and out of that barrel, so the oxidation yeah. rate is a little bit slower. Um, yeah. And so we find that having dual aging uh, zones is is really positive for our product. So we still have what is quintessentially very much you know a, a Midwest bourbon that you would right. find or Midwest rye that you would find. Um, more typically, uh, but uh, we really think that that uh, the, the Northwest climate tends to influence it really, really positively, uh, and take a little bit different of a spin on it that you would than you would normally find. This is it, it, this really is uh, a lovely bourbon, and, it and if you don't mind, hold up a, mm -hmm. a, a, a one of the bottles, whether it's this sure. one or yeah, yeah so, so people can see the the label. Yeah, great. Yep, this is the one we're doing right here. The um, one we're doing, Doc Swinson. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Swinson's. Hot. Yeah, blender's cut. So, the, so this yeah. is this is really the one that um, goes into all the finishing casts that go into triple cask. So you get to see our evolution. And then, like I said earlier, it was to prove that one, we do start with a really excellent bourbon. Uh, in fact, this was a uh, Fred Minnick has uh, recently said this was his favorite bourbon of the year, um, which which is a pretty big, you know, that's a cool highlight. Yeah, this is uh, really about, good. Um, and dark, it usually punches dark cherry. I get like his dark cherry yeah. note. Kind of creamy, kind of like that dark cherry, but also against chocolate, kind of a dark chocolate and cherry mm -hmm. vote. Yep, and um, and being that these are both high rye bourbon mash bills, um, and we do blend them to 115 proof, which is something fairly unique here. Um, so it uses virtually no addition of, of proofing water to bring it to 115 on the on the batch. So uh, this is. Uh, truly and legally a cast strength bourbon <laughs> um, that we blend every single time the sets of different barrels based on their proof points um, as well as their flavor. Um, it's an exhaustive process and we use all those different specific barrels that were picked and tagged for this purpose to hit 115 proof um, or every single time our blends come within that. And what potential water does get added to it is so minimal you, you it doesn't really influence the product it's just for you know labeling labeling <laughs> labeling reasons <laughs> it's great stuff and again i want to put the website up docswhiskey.com if you're wanting to um look to find it uh near you um that's where to go that's where to find it that's where you can find where to buy it online to, to get you know whether it's get it sent or to um you know, to find it near you. And again, you guys, can't, how many years has your brand been around again? How long is it? Uh, so Doc Swinson started in 2017. Uh, we were really working for about three years there. Um, so until 2020 or so, um, just kind of working on different finishing cast blends uh, and different experimentation that we thought would be really nice to release in the larger yeah. commercial volumes. Yeah. So we really kept it fairly internal and only sold it in a couple localities across the country, just a few, very few, because we weren't, right. weren't producing a lot. Um, and then... And then we got our hands on some 15-year bourbon uh, that we got to play around with for a while and released that. So we were one of the first people on the market to hit uh, with a 15-year Kentucky bourbon oh, um, that came out just uh, at the very was a very early portion of 2020, and that kind of rocketed our our, our brand uh, at least recognition at least amongst the Reddit people. <laughs> well, sure. No, that's yeah. No, that's people such as yourself. They're like, dang, this is, this is good. Old bourbon. The rest of these, uh, well, what we've had so far, are about five years old with a little bit of extra. It just depends. Some of these have been in there for yep. a while. It yep. was secondary. Up to a year, is that about? the uh, Up to up to two and a half years, actually. Some of them years. have been. Correct. So, so Alter Ego has a really interesting um, uh, collection of different uh, uh, 
uh, age statements uh, yeah. on each one of those bourbons, um, ranging up to two and a half years of finishing time. Mm. So putting us at close to that, you know, let's just say close to that seven year mark. And that's small portions, of course, that are that are in that higher age range. But the majority of it is all is all five, five years. Um, we typically don't use our bourbons until they hit five. It's very nice. So the next one we're going to go to is the Alter Ego Rye, which has been aged in rum, cask, solera. Tell me about that. I'm reading on the side of it here. What's the... Yeah, certainly. Uh, so this one kind of like, uh, this is the rye version almost of our triple cast. So the idea version. here, yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, is it's one where we've, we've taken two really great mash bills, yeah. um, the 95% per, uh, rye and the 51% rye. So complete opposite. You got a lot of corn content. It's almost a little more bourbon adjacent. Um, blended those two together. And those end up going into these rum casts that we've actually made in, in house. So, um, I used to blend or I have blended a lot of rums for different clients over the years. And so I used to take these and I would collect, collect the excesses of them and, and barrel age them myself. Uh, so what we, what we really do is we take the, the, oh my gosh, <laughs> the blenders cut bourbon. This is quite an explanation. Blenders cut bourbon barrels. When we dump them, we keep a small portion of them aside and right. I blend these. It's four different nationalities, rums together. Oh, wow. That have been aging in, um, Use bourbon cast, use sherry cast, use carousel cast, um, and hopefully some cognac too one of these days. I haven't quite gotten that far. I blend those rums together and then put them in these X bourbon casts again, these freshly dumped ones. Okay. Um, so, and they, they sit in there for a period of time to, to soak into the oak, right. To do the exchange. That You're making for. your own rum blend, right? That's correct. Yes. Which is really strange. I know. <laughs> You're taking the rum from the cask that it came in from those distilleries. Uh, yeah. And it, I also age them further myself to be you honest. Age it so. a little further. So uh -huh. you start with the rum, you're aging it further in some different barrels. Then you blend them all into mm -hmm. one like X bourbon barrel. Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah, into one X okay. bourbon barrel. Um, and then I pull that rum out and then we put this rye whiskey in that. Uh, and then eventually that gets cycled into a whole, what we call the, the rum cast pyramid. Um, they're not quite pyramidal anymore because we had limited warehouse space. So we went straight up instead. But it's uh, think of it as a bunch of different rows, kind of like what's behind me here. Um, right. And the youngest being at the top, the oldest being at the bottom. Uh, and the product that just came out of those rum casks, the rye whiskey, is now going to the very top of the Solera. And then we pull from the very bottom when we need a bottling about 20%. Okay. And then we replace the 20% with the layer above it, 20% of that. And we follow that all the way up. So it creates this large fractional blending system uh, made up of 154 casks currently. Um, that, that rye whiskey that was finished in some rum casks now has to make it through all 154 casks and portions uh, and then pulled out of the very bottom. And it of has course, to go through those. Correct. Yes. So, has to so what happens to the rum? Where's the rum go? Um, it actually goes into another tank and then into another barrel to saturate that barrel with over and over again. We actually never release the rum. Um, it's it's only in-house. So those of us who, who work here are the only ones who've ever tasted it. <laughs> How do you like that? Well, this is beautiful. I bet the, I bet the rum's the delicious. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know it would it would be a bourbon drinker's rum if that was such a thing, um, because it is it has so much bourbon characteristic in it, uh, but it's also very much still rum. Um, and we have thought about maybe doing a sneak peek release just as a like, haha, this is just what we do. Show. Yep, right. Because it is actually quite exciting. And and, and there's an, a very specific intention for the way that rye flows through each. Well, you you transfer it to each of those casks. Yep. Correct. So it goes through all of them. So portions go split up throughout that 154 barrels. And of course, we only pull from the bottom. So 
by the time it makes, for example, a small portion from what we just added to the top to the very bottom is a minimum of six pulls, which we do probably, we do about six pulls in a year, um, just depending on demand a little bit. So it'll be in those secondary casts for at least a year. Um, and of course, the since we never empty out the Solera, uh, technically whiskey from the very first time we built that Solera is still sitting in that Solera, um, which has been about two years now. So we're looking at about a six, six and a half year old rye um, you're keeping at the, just the, some of that in that first one uh yes yeah, so you're correct yeah. so the whole slayer has a portion um of uh, it's just fractionally smaller every so time make a pull. the flavors yeah. and i may have you send me you're are you you're not right in front of that slayer are you are you uh, no this this represents this is just uh this is just representation for podcast. this representation you? of the exact slayer that yeah. did exist um unfortunately it's in our warehouse and there's always forklifts and stuff driving it's through right. so I'll have you send me a photo, but that way we can post it on Bourbon Blog and have people check it out because that is amazing. It, it would be. It honestly it's mostly amazing. looks just like these barrel racks, but there's all these taps yeah. in every single barrel. So, and then yeah. we bleed them through to each other. It's it's pretty unique. Well, the passion and the flavor, you know, that that has gone into this creation. This is really uh, just so many layers of. Mm -hmm. There are the, these beautiful rum notes, right? A lot of fruit, mm -hmm. uh, nice caramels. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of. Uh, even some nice autumnal notes. I mean, this is really, this has a lot going on, but it doesn't just feel like a whole lot of rum on rye. I mean, it really has been, it's, it's mingled and in, in just like the, the spice and the, everything is really interesting. It's very and interesting. That, I love it. No, it's, it's great to hear. This isn't actually, this was an interesting one uh, because a lot of people always think, you know, uh, Ryan, well, one, Ryan rum is a great compliment for each other, no matter what, sure. how you cut. That's why there's some really awesome ones on the market. And um, I think here at Docs, we've done a, a very, opposite direction just like the alter ego um or any of our finishing for the most part where we we just want our finishing cast to subtly influence the whiskey at hand and i think we do a pretty good job of that where those those nice you know like some of those are like more citrusy or coconutty um uh, flavor profiles from the rum or the grassy flavor profiles from the rum uh come through a little bit and complement the, the already already existing flavor profiles in the rye um and autumnal is a great description actually um uh this one totally has like it's like you know, like spice pears, oh, uh, grandma's yeah. apple pie. Oh, that, um, yes. It's cinnamon. It's 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 caramel. It's it's everything about the fall that you can you could you know remember from your childhood, and it really comes through nice, while still being light and um, uh, inviting to. Actually, non drinkers really love this rye, or non rye people really love this rye. We call it the gateway rye. And, you know, it here. really is. Oh, it's so good. It's uh, it's so interesting, and I feel like at some point. You must have said to yourself when you were, um, whether you were working in brandy or whiskey, you were thinking, you know, I like the idea of finishing, but I want to take finishing to a new level. I want to do more than just a finish. I want this to be a finish on top of a finish. I mean, talk about that a little bit. What <laughs> what inspired this uh, going into a lot? Because it's really, it's a, a lot of different layers on top of what most distilleries do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of finishing um, primarily is, you know, you, you take a, you know, your, your base spirit, you put in a finished cask and you blend them all together and, right. you, and you bottle it, right? You like blend multiple casks together and you bottle it. That, that, that's about it. And I think a lot of people um, uh, do that because that's just kind of what became cooler or they have to. Uh, and maybe they love it. I don't know. Um, and to be fair, we do a lot of that too. Most of our exploratory sure. cast line, anything we go to create something new, I want to understand the profile. So we take sure. that whiskey, put oh, it in sure. one cask and pull it out. Um, but where, where it became a little bit more interesting here 
we wanted to create these different systems is, is primarily because, well, I, I really love processing methods and I love history. So a lot of these things came from actually like um, reading books from my, my childhood. And I, I was a weird one. I really enjoyed reading textbooks and, and, and um, product manufacturing, which is so strange. So a lot of this all really came from, you know, these are all adapted methods used um, fairly commercially and, and throughout the, the world of spirits and wine and, and other alcoholic beverages as well. And I'm just adapting them to American whiskeys. Um, yes, it's incredibly complex. Yes, it takes up a lot of time, um, but the, the results are, are truly here. And, and I, I, I back that. I and mean, there's a reason why we put bottled when ready on every single bottle. It's not just a sales gimmick. There's truth to that. We don't, every once in a while we make an exploratory cast, for example. And, and uh, if we don't really like it, if we're like, oh, that's good, but it's not quite what we thought we wanted right. to hit, we actually don't put it in a bottle and we won't sell it. We just keep it. And luckily that doesn't happen too often, but once in a while it does. It happens occasionally, um, but you say, hey, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll do something with this. We'll, we'll stand by it. Um, the cool thing is we're a pretty small company. Uh, there's four of us who, who run it um, and essentially make those decisions. And uh, we, we, we are not, not too foreign to being like, no, this isn't quite our mark. Let, let's rework this and see if we could play with it later. Um, but we won't, we won't bottle it. Um, That's so, cool. I love that you're a small company. And, and do, did most of you will have some background in spirits, whiskey? How did this, how did this whole thing happen? So this is one of the fun th funny things about Doc Swinson's. And I think yeah. it goes to, to, to prove, too, that, yes, you can absolutely be from the industry and you probably have some some absolutely you know, great, great stories, a hell of a lot of knowledge, et cetera. Um, but none of us actually really are. I mean, I might be the closest one to that, being that I started, you know, working in a commercial distillery when I was 21, um, when, when I legally could. Um, and being able to run that distillery has 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 taught me a lot. Um, but uh, no, most of us uh, came from, well, a couple of different backgrounds, tech, uh, fish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think being a, a what do you call it an adrenaline junkie, <laughs> um, and and then me um, that guy essentially got together and, and uh, we have one one proprietor that actually found us all over the course of years of researching because he wanted, knew he kind of wanted to do this um, and then kind of stuffed us all together in a room and this is this is one of the result the result of one of our, uh, our you know our adventure together. So Incredible. nobody here has a pedigree in it. Um, sometimes we wish we do probably, but you know, we're just, we're just trying to figure it out and have a really good time doing it while making uh, what we, we believe are really excellent whiskeys. Um, and in fact, that's, that's, that's starting to show. Um, oh, it is. We're, no, we're, it doing, is. We're, we're doing well <laughs> when and it comes it's to a story that we love hearing about. And, and as yeah. we've been, as we've been following the, uh, the course and, and watching, you know, craft brands grow small brands like this, it's really important. And the fact that you're able to really play around with some unique barrels, and just like this last one, uh, the Solera uh, Pyramid, this is it's really lovely. Yeah, um, I mean, so I, good. I, I would say, like, and we couldn't do this, of course, without without all the all the other big guys out there as well. They're they're sure. wonderful supports to us because in the end, we're not we're not a distillery, right? Uh, we're a, we're a blending house, so right. I do get to work with some of the some of the best minds in the industry to to uh, understand the process, ask the questions, um, and then take that information and adapt it to how I want to, to these products. So it really is like a big community, uh, which is, which is awesome. So I, I, I'm very thankful for that, to be honest. Well, we're, we're <laughs> glad you're doing such great work. It's, it's delicious. All three of these I've loved. I think are, we are actually going to look into what well, we're going to look further into rum. This next one is a rye whiskey 
And then this is just Jamaican rum barrels, right? This is only Jamaican. That's correct. We, 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 once again, rye and rum are an excellent combination and we all here really like rums and, uh, uh, Jamaican rum is something so funky and strange and out there and oftentimes used oh, in yeah. small portions to, um, influence, uh, you know, like lighter style rums to give it a nice fruity characteristic. And, and we thought it would be fun to make another rye finished rum cast, but it was so different than the last one. We just tried the Solera method. Right. right. Um, and that's why we focused just on Jamaican. Um, but it is the same base blend of two, two rye whiskeys though. This is really, I mean, this really gives you a lot of those beautifully funky Jamaican yep. flavors, but against the rye, some of that funkiness is, is just so well balanced and is, it's not as funky. It all works. Cause I mean, cause rye itself has a funkiness about it too. Oh, absolutely. And then this is, this is, you know, Indiana rye, both, both these mashables are Indiana rye yeah. and they already have a strange funkiness to them. Um, yeah. that is, is wonderful, especially if you like rye. Mm. Um, but, uh, they, these two, the grassy notes of the, the Jamaican and the, uh, um, and those funky, like molasses flavors of the Jamaican really balance out with the, the almost like, uh, hay like qualities, um, and spicy notes of their eye. There is that grassiness and that this, this beautiful tropical notes. This is um, this is really nice. How about how this is one hundred six point three proof? How long yep. is this um, finished, approximately? Um, so this particular batch, which will be the first release of uh, Funky Drummer uh, under our exploratory cash line, um, was gosh, what were we? Uh, seven, approximately seven months in the barrel. Seven months and like sixteen days or so. Wow. Uh, in the in the casks, um, and that was over the course of winter. So the next round that will come out probably after will be a little different because it's over the course of summer. So once again, we, we like to pay attention to those things because it does make a difference. Um, so that's why batch numbers mean something. <laughs> this is, this is great. And again, this one is coming soon. Then this is not out yet. Correct. So yeah, we're releasing our summer line of exploratory casks, which is consisting of seven different products, um, ranging from uh, was it? Uh, what are we doing? Three three. Yeah, three uh, fortified wine finishes. Um, this funky drummer, which is the Ryan and Jamaican rum cast. Um, another one we're going to try here in a second. And then we're also releasing our high proof um, triple cask. Uh, so our cast strength edition of that too. Um, nice. Yeah, so our, we call it fooder strength because it's all married in big, big oak fast that'll fit a, a mini Cooper in them. <laughs> <laughs> funky, now funky drummer, where's that? Mm -hmm name come from that's yeah funky drummer um so that's that's a kind of an ode to um well james brown there's a song called funky drummer and okay. um, it's related to his drummer um who has like the it's like the most sampled um one of the most sampled songs in history um which is pretty cool um I, i'm not quite as much of the music aficionado as our, our cfo chris is he's the one that named it um but yeah so this is uh this plays into that because we figured well jamaican it's gonna be funky um and we love funky music and funky drummer is just it just honestly sounds really cool too <laughs> no it does it's, it's um, so interesting that's that's high esters off that rum yep. just the beautiful funkiness just everything about it it's uh it's really well done uh okay so we i i mean i love the fact that you have several ryes here for me to taste yeah we're um, big rye people um and and I love more people to be big rye people oh yeah i love <laughs> we're it. Just like the, it. Do you think the rye picks up? I mean, obviously the bourbon has picked up um, your alter ego. I love it. It's so, so good. But do you think the rye has, what do you, when you think about how rye picks up uh, notes 
with finishing versus bourbon. What do you get a little more excited about rye? What do you? Yeah. yeah so I well I uh, actually I think rye you can kind of um, what can you do? You can uh, I'm looking for a word here. Uh, you could throw more at them typically, and they're right. going to usually accept that 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 little bit more abuse. You know, something more of an intense style of cask flavor profile. Whereas bourbon, you got to be a little bit more delicate with. Sure. Uh, at least that's what I've found. Um, otherwise, it does. It just kind of consumes the bourbon. You end up with mostly just the finishing cast. Um, you I get mean, too. It's too overdone, right? Yeah. Why, why is that? Why do you think that is? Um, okay, so so here's something interesting. Um, I, well, I think one is just understanding what you want out of the product. Once again, there's nothing wrong with the ones that are more pronounced in in, sure. in finishing casts. I, I have several dozens of those bottles that are I, I absolutely adore. Um, but but primarily, um, or let me backtrack it here a little more actually. So as I've said before, a lot of our bourbon is aged, you know, 45 days up to two, two and a half years already in finishing casts, and they're all still fairly subtle. And some of that happens to also have to do with the types of casts I use. I use a myriad of different size casts, anywhere from um, standard, you know, ASB barrels. So like a big bourbon barrels right here, 53 gallons, uh, 200 liters, all the way up to 600 liters and in fact most of my casts are actually quite large and that's 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 intentional i want more oxidation to give it that really nice creamy um uh, smooth characteristics that's going to be more subtractive to um uh, some of the the off-putting elements of the whiskey um while also only influencing it very slowly over time and um what was your question again sorry i think i went on a little no, tangent no, no, just, <laughs> I mean, no you're i love what you're talking about it's really helpful um just why rye differs from bourbon on the whole finishing thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in in general, I think bourbon because it's corn based, it it primarily or more corn um, is is more accepting of different flavor profiles, um, right. meaning it'll it'll take them on more more readily. Whereas rye is a little more resistant, and therefore you can throw more at it, sure. um, and it still can balance out. Also, it's more intense usually, right? So rye is going to have more of those intense flavor profiles, the spiky. Um, uh, uh, spicy notes out of it, and you could really work and play and tug and 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 push against the the rye characteristics to to find a really nice balance. Um, whereas the bourbon, I think you just have to you have to be a lot more delicate with it. You have to like whisper in its ear to make it just right. <laughs> no, that that's really helpful, and that's and, and I've heard you know as I uh, as I've tasted many through the years that there are a lot of reasons that go into that. I love the fact that you you played with the bourbons and that you've created and explored but the rise are you know these are so interesting uh, all of them uh and again i'm going to put the website up there one more time for people to see docswhiskey.com and of course we're going to put up on our website too some links of these photos by the time this video is um out there live you're watching it or you're watching it later we'll have some up on bourbon blog as well we have here to finish something that's um it's called smoke on water uh, yeah what do we have here? Yeah, this one's a, this one was like truly pulled from the, the Crazy Blenders book here. <laughs> um, I I had the opportunity to get some uh, uh, ex uh, peated Scotch quarter casks, and I'm sure it'll be pretty easy to figure out where they came from. You just do a little Google search, but um, I started with four casks, and I thought it would be so wild. I really like first of all, I really like smoky smoky scotches. I, I think they're really quite Me wonderful. Too. Um, I don't drink them every day, but when I do, I'm like, oh, this, I could just hang out with it, you and chew on it, you know? Um, it's like how people really, you know, people who really like cigars, really like cigars. <laughs> I you just like, like smoky things. No, I, I know, I like the smell of them. Yeah. I do not want to be near them, um, to be I totally agree. honest with you. Uh, just because it's the, it's the, it's the next day. I can't, I just can't handle the smell. 
that's too much for me. Um, uh, so this is a good like, element of smoke. This has had some beautiful smoke on it. Yeah. So, so that, but that, that's where it's kind of like, okay, so I have this idea over here, like what would be like drinking a, uh, you know, like how can I, how can I take something that is smoky? That's generally either loved or hated. Right. I mean, that's, that's right. typically with people in, in smoked scotches. Um, they're either like, this is the most amazing thing. Or it's like, oh, this is atrocious. It tastes like whatever, you know, like <laughs> seaweed and, 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 and burnt socks or whatever, you know, <laughs> band-aids. Right. Um, and, but I have this idea that I want to pair it with something to make it more approachable, um, fairly pleasant and, and hopefully something that maybe will get more people interested in, in trying smoky things that really would say, no, I don't like that. Um, in fact, I, I definitely got some sideways looks when we first started making this. Um, and it's actually become a crowd favorite here, even amongst those who don't even like scotch or smoky scotches at all, um, because it's not overbearingly smoky is what we, we find, right? Uh, in fact, it doesn't really taste like the, the scotch it particularly comes from. What is um, it? Uh, I, I wish I could tell you, but technically I can't. Okay, it's a, but like it's, I said, I, I asked, I tried asking permission to put on the bottle and we, we just definitely don't sure. have that kind of clout. Um, and they were really awesome. They were like, I'm sorry. Uh, again? Yeah, it is an Isla scotch. Uh, so it's an Isla. It, yeah, yep. if you just type in, I kid you not, like peated scotch quarter cask. The quarter cask is kind of the, the signifier there. Um, that We might have an idea. You'll, you'll, you'll have a really good idea pretty quickly. Um, a good peaty Isla scotch. Yes, absolutely. I mean, these are like, I mean, known for being one of the the the, the peatiest, of course, you know, on the you know, large scale commercial side. Um, and uh, these little casts came in, and I, I I had some extra some extra rye sitting around uh, mm -hmm. that was supposed to go into the Solaris system. So it was just just the straight uh, straight two rye mash bills blend together. Um, I put them in these casts and, you know, within a couple of days I thought, oh, well, well, shit, this, this got too smoky or, oh, it's like actually got really vegetable, vegetal too. So it's like super green, almost like chomping on like, I don't know, like our, our, uh, hatch chili peppers, um, which, which was neat. Yeah. And I, I decided well, spice, to, yeah, yeah I kind of just kept like leaving it there, leaving it there. And it actually started getting sweeter, Ooh, um, yeah. more fruity. Um, and eventually that's, that's what we, we ended up bottling up here was this smoke on water under our exploratory. I love this. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know if you like smoke, it's, smoky scotches. I, do. I love the okay. smoke. I, I get the rye. There's undertones of the sweetness from mm -hmm. the rye, but I love how the smoke is. There's a layer of this beautiful smoke, a rye. Uh, it's, it's not, and again, nothing you've done has had the flavor of the finish take over the whiskey. How do you That's, balance that? What's what? What do you do to, to approach it? So magic. <laughs> no, it's it's really it's it's a little bit of magic, maybe a little bit of luck. I, I think it's the primarily um, a combination of the climate. Yes. What our intentions are behind the product. So our goal is to not let the finishing cast take over, which means we pay extra special attention to each and every single cask. I kid you not, it is a process here. Um, and we really do go through, I go through every single cast that actually goes into a blend uh, to decide whether, you know, what market hits um, and how to balance it out. And then we approve them um, internally. So it's it's attention to detail, uh, the climate that we're in, um, and uh, maybe a little bit of magic. <laughs> well, the magic you're using and everything, the talent, the skill. I know you have a, you have a great background there and working with both whiskeys and brandies and everything you're doing, Jesse and your team, uh, you're doing great work. And uh, thank you. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with what you're doing. 
Well, I appreciate uh, that. I mean, the goal is always to improve, right? I mean, I, I got a long ways to go in this industry, but I know we're already doing, we're doing well according to the critics, which is great. So our goal is to keep doing well and potentially do better. That's the, that's the idea is get good whiskey out there. Um, especially we want more people drinking bourbon and rye. Let me tell you. I mean, every time I'm like, oh, I only drink vodka. I'm like, great. Come on. Try something different. <laughs> I, I want to bring them over. You know, I want to like brown spirits. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you have with the flavors you're doing. I mean, this is these are some good ones just to showcase uh, the elegance. The flavor is rather transportive. I mean, it, it again, I've I've had some wonderful finishes of you name it, everything from rum, sherry, all these, you know, but these are, you've done this on a different level and I, and I, I congratulations on that. Thank you. I, I think some of that here is just our, our, uh, we, we really just don't want to get like stuck in a box. You know, we don't want to like, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what we want to do. Um, this is what it's a reflection directly of us and, and how we approach it, um, which, which is kind of nice. I mean, it's kind of fun being out here in the Northwest, uh, you know, we kind of get to do what we want. <laughs> I'm not saying that anybody else is it, but uh, um, that's just a big focus of ours is making sure we just make whiskey that really speaks to us. And um, uh, more often than not, actually has like some some interesting memory connection back to something that, you know, from, from something past, else, which is cool. And that that's yeah. like a big part of, of, of that that sense. Right. And being able to smell something is in. It, it invokes various memories from different things. And each one of these definitely invoke a memory for me. Um, uh, and uh, we hope you can chew on them too. And, and, I like it. and find that as well. Uh, you've done great. And again, uh, for those of you all watching, uh, take a moment, like this video, share it, tell your friends about it and look for Doc Swenson's uh, near you. And, uh, or if it's not near you, find where to buy it online and uh, help us spread the word here on, Bur on bourbon blog live on the great uh, small producers, small craft um, brands uh, like uh, Jesse's here with Doc Swenson's that, that we love showcasing because we love looking at and tasting this with you today. And then five, 10 years later, we'll come. I mean, I know you're going to keep on. We'll, we'll, we'll see each other before then, but you're going to oh, keep absolutely. on growing it, Jesse. You're going to keep growing it. I know. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Tom, for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to all you listeners out there. Um, and if, if, you, if there's no bottles near you for the record, we do have an online store that we've been testing out um, to be able to ship bottles to you. And that's also where every single one of our products will kind of drop in from time to time. Nice. So, well, so follow that. that, follow them on social bookmark that and uh, delicious. I, I loved all these. I'm going to have to think about, I know if I had to pick a favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Tough. It would really be tough. Oh. I have to really think on it. I, I mean, I think both of your alter egos are so interesting. Um, but both of these other two are so so unique the jamaican and this Lisca i love the smokiness and and your blender's cut i mean again deep big flavors on a bourbon that um i just i think that i don't typically see on a bourbon yeah thank you I, yeah we, we've gotten a lot of i will say it tastes a lot crazy. older than five years i get it Yep. Don't you get like an eight, nine? I mean, at oh, least a hundred percent. Um, I mean that that's 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 the fun thing about it when we when developing this one, developing the blending style behind it, because each one of those yeah. models has a bit different of a blending style. Um, uh, this one in particular, we thought just we're like, wow, this does punch above its age frame a hundred percent. And uh, I mean, probably the best best bang for the buck you'll find on the market for for a five year bourbon that tastes like an eight or nine year. Um, mm. Really we actually get that comment a lot, which is great. I've even had yeah. distributors call us up and say, uh, how did you get a five-year to taste like, like this? I was like, how did oh. you do this? <laughs> um, once again, attention to detail, maybe a little bit of luck. Um, but 
but really just understanding your product and 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 what you want out of it you know what is your what is your intention behind it and yeah. and how to how to find a way to execute that intention that's, that's what we do at docs or just tell them the the real answer is because the doc is in the doc is in yep truth <laughs> truth and then they'll start asking what that means and you'll just say like well the doctor's here Something. I mean, have you seen my hair? I mean, it's chaos anyway. So I, <laughs> and this was taken care of. So, <laughs> hey, cheers, Jesse. Thank you. You guys are awesome. so Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate it. And thanks everybody for watching. We'll have more uh, Bourbon Blog live videos soon. For now, like this, subscribe to where you're watching, and cheers.